Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach, and today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 299 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be here with you again this week. And it's been officially one week since You Are Meant for Love. My book has been out in the world. So if you've already read it or gone through it, I would love to hear your questions, your insights, your ahas. You can email me hello at veronicagrant.com and let me know or send me a DM on Instagram. I'm Veronica E. Grant. I really would love to hear from you and I will respond to everyone who is reaching out about the book. I would just really, really love to hear thoughts, insights, questions, all that kind of stuff. Because If you pre-ordered the book, then you get to come to my workshop for free, Decoding Your Relationships, and I'll actually use some of this feedback to make that workshop even better, even more powerful for you. Now, if you did not pre-order You Are Meant for Love and you want to come to my workshop, Decoding Your Relationships, that workshop is going to take you through the main exercise that I take you through the book so that you can really figure out your relationship patterns and then create a healing plan to shift those patterns. I'm going to be doing that for folks in the workshop. You can come to that workshop. It's $49. Just go to the link that is in the show notes for this episode, and you will be able to see where you get yourself signed up. Super, super simple. Again, don't buy the ticket if you pre-order the book because you get to come for free. Now, if you have not submitted your pre-order and you did actually pre-order the book, meaning you bought the book while it was still in pre-order, which would have been before February 17th, then you can go to veronicagrant.com forward slash pre-order. And there you can submit your proof of pre-order. And then we'll send you all the information to attend Decoding Your Relationships, which will be It's either March 5th or 6th. I can't remember, but I've talked about it before. And it's also in the email that you'll get after you um, 
either sign up for the workshop or after you submit your pre-order. All right. I really love Hannah's question today on the podcast. So really where she's at is she's been doing a lot of the inner work. She's been working through therapy. She's been just doing a lot of meditation, her morning pages, all that kind of stuff, which is really, really beautiful. Except that she finds all the other areas of her life, including her personal life and her career and friendships, all that kind of stuff has grown. However, her love life still feels like it you know, hasn't really improved to the level that she wants it to improve. So just kind of like, you know, WTF. So if you can relate to that, you're definitely going to love this episode. But I also really encourage you to sign up for the workshop that I did earlier this month called How to Do the Work in an Open House. That workshop, I've already done it, but you can get the recording and I have the recording available through the end of this month. So this month is February 2022. You can listen to that recording through the end of this month and in that recording or in that workshop, I talk about the main tenets that I think you need to have in order to take, you know, a lot of this inner work and self care and self love that sounds really nice and, you know, warm and fuzzy, but it's also like, okay, well, what does it all mean? Or how do I integrate it? How do I apply it? I have all this awareness, but like, how do I make it so that I actually can shift my patterns and things actually start changing in my life? That's what this workshop is all about. So you can get that recording for free over at veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. I think you'll really love it if you can really relate to anything that I do on the podcast, but especially this episode in particular, because that workshop is really geared towards people who have done some work and have some awareness, but they're kind of like WTF, why aren't things the way I want them to be yet? Um, That workshop is also an open house for how I work with clients. So if you are interested in working with me in any capacity during the year 2022, then in that workshop, I share with you the three main ways that I'm working with clients this year. Uh, The first one is my flagship one-on-one program called Deep Work, Deep Love. The next one is a new program called Love Coach On Demand. And then the third program is the Love Incubator, which if you've been around for a little bit, you've probably heard of that. That is my one-on-one program with a group experience. And right now through the month of February, I have the best deals available, I guess you could say, if you are interested in working with me. And that includes in terms of like best pricing, as well as the most extended payment plans I can possibly do. So if you are interested in working with me in any way, I really encourage you to sign up for the workshop, see if you like my style, see if you like my vibe, see if it just overall vibes with you. And then also I will talk a little bit about how to work with me and what your pricing options and all that kind of good stuff is. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work is where you can get all the information about that as well as learning my tenants on how to actually make this shit real that we talk about on the show all the time. All right. So without further ado, let's get to my coaching conversation with Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Veronica. Thank you for having me on. I guess my my main issue is that I feel like I've come to a point where everything in my life has come to fruition, I guess you could say. Um, my business is at a good place. Um, I feel like I'm at a good place with my family and friends. But there's always been this underlying current of feeling that I'm not very good at relationships, mm-hmm. um, romantic relationships. And I guess I've addressed other areas of my life, but this bit has always been there and I I, it sort of feels like the right time to address it Mm -hmm. so yeah I just was 
wanting to d- discuss that and I suppose discuss how to bring it out how to bring it out into the light and yeah, really yeah. get get what I get ever into a relationship or to have a relationship that I really feel like benefits me alongside all the other elements in my life that I feel have come together. Yeah. Yeah. So as you've worked through the other areas of your life, business, friendships, family, all of those things, were you dating? Were you also focusing on love life or was that just completely, you know, on the back burner? So I have, I've had uh, various relationships um, as I've gone through in my past. Some of them have involved um, like abuse. Some of them I didn't really maybe want to be in uh, necessarily. I just thought, oh, they're a nice person. And um, I've sort of ended up being in a relationship. Some people I really have wanted to be in relationships with and they've ended it. And and that's been quite hurtful, um, I guess. But I also feel like a lot of those relationships I've been quite codependent in so that when I'm in those relationships, sometimes that becomes my focus as well. And I find it hard then to get a balance, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And one more question. Uh, well, not one more, but one more background question is, what is your love life like now? Like, are you actively dating? Is it totally off? You know, what was it like? Yeah, right no. Totally off at the moment. It has been. Um, obviously, there was the pandemic, and I kind of took that as an opportunity to to work on myself again more and to make sure that I was in the right place, so that when I felt I could step into dating again, that oh, I guess all those pieces were in place, and yeah. that I could. Yeah. And I also have taken time to think about what it is that I want in a relationship as well. Um, so I think it's been a really beneficial time but it does feel like I want to step back out there again yeah so yeah okay Hannah so what I would love you for you to do is to close your eyes for me mm-hmm. and just take a couple breaths and just feel into where you are in your love life right now I understand that might not feel very great right now but we're just going to hang here for a brief moment And what I want you to do is just share with me the first thing that comes to mind with the question I'm going to answer, or I'm going to ask. And the question is, what is the overriding belief or story that dictates your love life? The first feeling that came up was fear. And I think the overriding story is that what I'm looking for isn't there. Okay. Okay. So what I'm looking for isn't there. And what does that take you back to? What does that remind you of? Well, the first, I don't know if it reminds me of anything specifically, but it just this feeling of being alone and having to do things myself. I've always been somebody who can do things myself. You know, I think, you know, if there's something I want to do, I can do it. I can sort of put my hand at anything but with that I think comes a sense of being alone as -hmm. well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and so I know you've been listening to the show for quite some time so you know inner child work is not necessarily like (laughs) a brand new concept to you so I I don't want to go through or make some help you make connections that quite possibly might already be there so what um 
you know, why do you think that that feeling, those those beliefs are there and how do they continue to play out today? So the belief, do you mean the belief of me? That what you want is not there. Yeah, that it's not there, that you know, it it's it's better to do things alone or it's easier or I can do it alone. So why, you know, all all of that kind of stuff. Like where does, you know, based on your knowledge of inner child work from listening to the show and other work that you've done, what do you already know to be true about these beliefs and emotions that you have as it relates to your love life? Um, so I suppose if you're thinking of I suppose if you think back to of inner child work and I guess the you know I have I always have a photo of myself beside my computer um Mm -hmm. and I know that whenever she was at school she felt like she had to be very quiet and isolated and um there was points where she was bullied and I think it just felt safer to be quiet and it felt safer to not ask for like help or not to just to try and get things done myself so yeah so I suppose it always comes back to the idea of safety that maybe it doesn't feel safe necessarily to reach out and to to make those connections mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah 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 and so then what inner child work have you done around that you know based on that awareness so I've done a lot of work sort of just on making and supporting myself to feel safe in situations so like different mantras that I say to myself um different just doing things that help me feel like I've got a candle beside me at the minute that smells good and, and helps me feel good um I'm very aware of when I don't feel safe of of just doing those things um to support me like listening to myself but also I've been good at trying to find that support amongst other women and and other groups and friends and learning to reach out and practicing that and that that feels safe and that's okay and that people do want to be there for me and just I suppose opening up the conversation as well with my family around that as well, just to see um, how they felt about things back then, how they feel about me now. Yeah, which is which has helped to know that there is that support there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Yeah. And then so where do you feel like the missing link still is? The other thing that I would have done a lot when I was younger to sort of be in protective mode was to like make sure everybody else was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a big, you know, theme of people pleasing through my life. So, so I guess in terms of thinking about that, perhaps there's just um, I'm getting lost in my thoughts now. <laughs> you okay, you okay? Um, I don't even know why I said people pleasing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So what I'm trying to understand is, you know, what's different and, and, and I'm not trying to like other you and like, Oh, like something's wrong with you, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out like what the, um, because, you know, when you first talked about like mantras and candles and that kind of stuff, like, and that those types of things are really great to help, you know, create a sense of like, whatever you want to feel, whether it's peace, calm, whatever connection, all of those things. And, but those things are also, 
they're things that you do like, you know, with your own practice in your own life with mm-hmm, yourself, mm-hmm, basically, mm-hmm, um, which is great. And that's, and that's a really beautiful starting point. And then you have to, over time, move to needing or not needing, but getting support from others, right? Like saying, yeah. Hey, this is how I mm-hmm. feel. Or, Hey, can you help me? Or, Hey, like, I'd really like your insight or, Hey, like, can you help me move? <laughs> what like, we need yeah. to use all kinds of help, whether it's physical help from others, emotional, mental yeah. help, um, all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, and you can start small and then gradually like work your way to, you know, bigger vulnerable shares or vulnerable asks with people in your life, friendships, you know, family, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, which is, which is beautiful. And if that's not happening in relationships, then there's a missing link there and not a missing link, but there's something specific to romantic partners that I want to try to get to Mm because that might, I think Mm -hmm. that might provide some information. Okay. Okay. Like what else, you know, needs to be done. And usually when we've done a lot of work and we've healed a lot of areas in our life, but our relationships are are lagging or romantic relationships, particular lagging, it can be a number of things. So I'm not like saying that, oh, this is what it is for you, but just things that I've noticed. It could be deep rooted fears or beliefs specific to men. And so this can be true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when there were um, instances of abuse from men, whether it was past boyfriends mm-hmm. or brothers or fathers or grandfathers. Mm-hmm. So that can certainly, or even if it wasn't abuse, it was just like a very aggressive male behavior in your life. Like that could certainly um, create specific, you know, or, or men would be specific to, um, to that. It could also be uh, related to the body. So one thing that makes mm-hmm. platonic relationships different than romantic relationships is the physical piece. So like the, you know, physical yeah. pleasure, sex, all that kind of stuff. And so if we have any kind of past with our body, whether it's trauma or eating disorders or body dysmorphia, things like that, we will often disconnect from the body. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when we disconnect from the body, then it's hard to actually be in a romantic relationship because mm-hmm. then sex is hard. <laughs> like it makes this, that mm-hmm. part of the relationship hard. And so then we shut down emotionally and then like the relationship just doesn't really ever take off or falls apart. Or we get into a relationship where our body isn't, or even ourselves, not necessarily just the physical body aren't treated the way we want. Anyways, I'm listing a bunch of things. I'm curious if any sure. of this stuff resonates, rings any bells, anything like that. Yeah, I guess most of the relationships I've been in have had some sort of element of control in them from the male and when they haven't like if I think of my most recent relationship I think it ended and I was quite surprised you know and they they just said it wasn't they it wasn't in the right place for them but I think I've I always had like this gut feeling that oh actually maybe I'm in this relationship just because I think I should be in a relationship or I feel I need that relationship and then if you're thinking about other like relationships when I was younger like I you know the, there was definitely that aggression in male relationships from like caregivers you know so yeah so I think there's there is maybe that underlying theme but also the interest when you talk about disconnection and, and dissociations like is definitely been something that it happens to me whenever I even try and connect with anything like this there's always that 
yeah, even when I'm talking now, I'm just thinking, why can't I, why can't I like sort of tap into it where, you know, how, why am I feeling so disconnected from what that is? Um, okay. Disconnected from, makes sense. yeah. Disconnected from what, what are you feeling disconnected from right now? So I feel disconnected from, I suppose, knowing what the missing link is, um, disconnected from knowing how to move into a romantic relationship. I think logically in my mind, I know, I suppose I know what a healthy relationship looks like and I've mm-hmm. seen it in in other people. I've had good examples of that. I've also had not so so good examples of that, which has helped, but I just don't know for myself what's possible for me and how to, how to get that for myself. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's do something really quick. I just want to see what happens. So go ahead and close your eyes for me. And I want you to first, I just want to, I just want to ask you this. I'm going to do a couple of things here. The first thing I want you to do is I just want to know what are you feeling right now? Like nervous. <laughs> okay. Okay. And where do you feel that in the body? Uh, mostly, mostly in my chest and like upper abdominal area. So not my stomach so much, but above that. Okay. So it's like your solar plexus area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on a scale of one to 10, how intense is it? Uh, probably six. Okay. Okay. Seven more. When I really focus on it, it becomes more. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just sit with it for a second. We're not making it wrong. We're not trying to make it go away. We're just completely neutral with it. It's just like, as if you're watching a cloud float by in the sky, you're just watching this feeling manifest itself through the body. It might get stronger. It might get weaker. It might stay about the same. It might move to another part of the body. Just getting curious. And I want to put a pin in that for for now. We we may or may not come back to it depending on the next sure. the next piece. When you think back on previous relationships, so I know there's been more than one, so this might not be the exact same answer for all of them. Um, but what I want you to refer to are the relationships that you think create the most um. Oh, how do I want to say it? They, um, they impact you the most. Let's put it that way. And mm-hmm. I know that's subjective, but I'll, it's, that's purposeful. When you think back at previous versions of yourself and these relationships that have been impactful, especially the ones that really threw you through a loop mm-hmm. or ones you look back and you're like, how was I with this person for this long or whatever it was or whatever the belief or story is. When you look back at yourself in those relationships, how do you view yourself? How do you relate to that version of you? I I suppose my first thought is I, I feel quite sorry for her, you know, to think that that's what not was just enough for her, but that was sort of what she deserved, maybe. That's what she felt anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think a lot of my role in those relationships was being a caretaker and that's where my value was in looking after the other person making sure that they were happy and even 
And when they weren't happy, that upset me. But my needs weren't really addressed. And mm-hmm. so um, you felt so you you feel sorry for her. Mm. What else do you feel when you look back at? And there can be different relationships. There's no right or wrong way to answer this question. Well, I do feel like I want to give her a hug. <laughs> okay. Um, and sort of tell her not to rush. To rush what? To rush getting into a relationship. Because I think that's what I felt is that that's what you do. You just get into a relationship and then you get married and then you have a family. And so I think my underlying focus was to be in a relationship to fit in as opposed to being in a relationship to because I wanted to, because I felt that was right for me, you know. Okay. You can open your eyes when you're ready. Hmm. Do you feel any judgment towards her or any like, oh, why'd you do this? Or why'd you stay in this relationship for that long or anything like that? Yeah, I guess there is judgment in there, but I don't, I think I don't want it to be judgment. I think that's what I wanted it to be. I want to give her a hug and yeah. tell her it's okay. But so, actually, yeah. So logically, you know that she was doing the best she could and you just want to yeah. give her a hug. But then like, there's this part of you that's like the deeper maybe subconscious part that's like what an idiot maybe not that's the exact word you would use but yeah. that kind of <laughs> feeling yeah 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 definitely I think just probably like annoyance that that you couldn't share as well with others I think not I'm at a place where I feel I'm able to open up and talk to people about different things that I'm struggling with mm-hmm. whereas then I just again thought yeah this has to be what this must just be what a relationship's like and this mm. just must be what what it feels like you know that I need to be that we're upset I'm upset all the time or yeah 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 I get that and so okay this is gonna feel like I'm totally switching gears here but I'm I'm not <laughs> why aren't you dating right now and I'm not asking this in an accusatory way I'm just curious to no. know I think the honest answer is I'm waiting for the right time. What will make something the right time? What will make it the right time? Probably when I'm less busy, but then I don't really see that happening anytime <laughs> soon. <laughs> I believe in general, there are certainly exceptions, but in general, we find time and money for the things we really want. Yeah. You know. I agree. Okay. So here's my thought. And you can tell me what you think. I think that you, listen, like, I know you've done a lot of inner child work. You're in my membership a while ago. You listened to this podcast. I know you've done a lot of other work. And so it sounds like you've done your fair share of inner child work and you've connected with your inner child and you, have you like released the anger and sadness and all that stuff or like done a lot of that kind of work? I've done like forgiveness letters and gratitude letters and Eh, forgiveness letters. You know, my opinion on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm all about project or not projecting, but letting anger out towards other people, but then forgiving yourself. So that's, that's my, yeah, that's my general. Anyways. Okay. 
look, obviously there's always going to be more room for some anger work towards an ex or a parent or somebody else who hurt you. There's always more room for that, right? Because we're human and we always have anger and grief. And I think the more we can get comfortable with feeling those things and letting them out, like the better. Um, I'm not sure though, that's like really specifically what your issue is here. What sometimes people can forget. And I think it's because, you know, obviously the show is so much about inner child work and connecting the dots and obviously that's super important work. And that's like step one, right? Um, You've done a lot of step one, but I think what sometimes can get overlooked is the relationships we find ourselves in romantic relationships are usually like the, like past relationships are their manifestations of whatever the inner child wounding stuff was. Right. And so, yes, like healing the inner child will help attract not attract, but like will help you be able to be in healthier relationships. Mm. However, planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you've been in relationships as an adult, you know that I'm going to say this, like that were particularly like difficult, but like really anything can be difficult. Like it doesn't actually have to be like, you know, something specific that we would say, oh, that's bad or that's hard or whatever. It can be anything. But even even though like relationships as an adult are manifestations of the inner child, that doesn't mean that those relationships can't then create further stories that we then believe about ourselves or men, women, love relationships, the world. So what I'm trying to say is that I think you don't really trust yourself, even though you really have no reason not to. But like, again, like, doesn't matter what the brain thinks, mm-hmm. <laughs> what matters is, is deep down. Yeah. And I th- think, I think that's because when we, when we relate to past versions of ourselves and adult romantic relationships as like naive or dumb or an idiot or like, oh, poor girl, that's in some way how we relate to ourselves now when you date mm-hmm. or when you try to be in a relationship. And so imagine like, you know, when we, tr- when we treat ourselves like, oh, what an idiot, or I'm so dumb, or why did I do that? Or, oh, made all these mistakes, blah, 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 blah. Then I think it's going to, I think when you're in that place, I think it's really, really hard to date in present time and not be in a place of don't fuck up, don't mess up, don't do the same thing again. Yeah. And imagine like if I was a little birdie on your shoulder and I was like, don't mess up. Are you sure you want to swipe right on that guy? Really? Really? That guy? Really? <laughs> you would like, like, okay, so I'm not gonna do any of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 no, totally. I think 
I think you're right. I think I feel like I've done so much work um, and I feel like I probably can't do another inner child exercise for a while because mm-hmm. um, because maybe I'm not connecting. I wouldn't maybe connect to it as much because it's become quite routine for me to do. And I think that that's definitely something that I'll always be doing. I think we'll always continue to do that work, sure. like you say. But I think I'm just a bit afraid of getting into something that I think is okay and then it's and then that person decides that it's not right or and in terms of trusting myself I think that I I've definitely been working on listening to that inner voice and that my intuition and practicing that with various things over the last year in particular so I think it's really just allowing myself to listen to that so when it's not right just allowing that to let that relationship go or if it does feel right just to go with it um yeah yeah obviously that's easier yeah. said than done so you don't have to be perfect yes but, but that's why I <laughs> asked you earlier how are you feeling because I just wanted to see like if you knew how you're feeling because like a lot of people don't know how they're feeling or they're like I don't know yeah. how to describe it or I feel something I'm not sure what it is right and so when those are the answers to how you're feeling, then that would be step one to figure out how you're feeling. Because like, I don't know how you know what your intuition is saying when you don't know how you're feeling. Do you know what I mean? And so, and so because you have all of this other work that you've done, you know, you, you know how to do this. So I would just keep practicing it. And I will say that like, there will be some situations where it's quite easy to feel how you're feeling. Like when you're sitting at your little meditation space, right. It's probably a lot Mm -hmm, easier mm -hmm, to know mm because it's, it's a pretty low stakes, situation, right? Versus when you're on a date, it might be a little bit more difficult because there's like more triggers involved, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, there's lots of scenarios in between sitting at in your meditation cushion and being on a date where you can that are like, you know, more gradual to practicing how how you feel. And then that's where then, you know, whatever you get to be able to trust your intuition better. But I think the place you can, or or the, the, so the, the assignment that I would give you, cause like, it'd be very easy to be like, oh, we'll just practice listening to what your intuition says. And it's like, sure. Great advice. But like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) That's what drives me crazy about the freaking self-help industry. So here's (laughs) specifically what I, I would do. I would go back you know, you already know how to do inner child work. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so you're basically going to do the same exact thing, except instead of like your 10 year old self, you're going to talk to like your, the 25 year old self who was in that relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know how old you are. I don't even know how old you are now, but like whatever age doesn't even matter the age. There's like the version of you who was dating X, the version of you who was in this relationship or whatever. And it's not so much like you're their parent. It's more of like, now you're like their big sister slash inner wise woman. And what you're helping her see is that she didn't do anything wrong and she didn't make any mistakes. And we can get Mm -hmm. into like, you know, the weeds and that like, oh, well, you know, maybe she did make a mistake or whatever, but like even any so-called quote unquote mistakes she might've made, I put that in air quotes for everyone who can't see me right now, which is everyone except for Hannah. (laughs) Um, uh, but, but even if she didn't make any of these so-called mistakes, um, you're really forgiving her for buying into misunderstanding that. So let's say she 
cheated on someone. Okay. Cause people would generally say, Oh, I made a mistake. I cheated on someone. Okay. I'm not saying I have no idea if you did. I'm just using that as not even your example, just an example. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't say I forgive myself for making the mistake of cheating on someone because that's still falling into the same belief pattern that like you did something wrong and there's good things you can do and bad things that you can do. And again, I'm only operating in a very specific realm. I know there are good and bad things. There are legal things and illegal things that we can do in this world, immoral and moral. I get that. But what I really want you to get is, or what I really want your inner self or these older versions of yourself and for you to get is I forgive myself for buying into the misunderstanding that I could only feel good enough if you know I felt chosen or whatever. Or I mm-hmm. forgive myself for buying and misunderstanding that I couldn't get out of this relationship in any other way other than blowing it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, because then that's really playing into, not playing into, but it's really getting into the core wounding that created the beliefs that, you know, kept you in a codependent relationship longer than needed or whatever. And so then what you can really begin to see is like, oh, I was just doing the best that I could. I'm always going to be doing the best that I could. And now I've done all of this work and I'm not going to be perfect because I'm a human and no one's perfect, but I'm going to do better because I know a lot more. Like I firmly believe, like, I don't know what's going to happen the next time you go on a date or next time you date someone or get in a relationship. I have no idea. Um, But what I do know is that you're going to be doing the best you can. And I also know, based on what you've told me, is that you've done a lot of work. And so whatever happens, it's not going to be what happened before because you're in a different place. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. I know for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I need you to get that on a deep level. And you can do that through, it's not inner child work because it's not, you're not really a child, but it's like through a process of self-forgiveness, through a process of self-compassion and through a process of like, I don't know, big sistering, inner wise womaning, <laughs> the versions yeah. of yourself that are in these in these relationships. And then that'll make it easier, I think, I believe, from there to trust your intuition because intuition is always there. It's always working. The only reason why mm-hmm. we either don't trust it or why we can't hear it is because it's covered in all of these beliefs, opinions, voices, often our own but learn from other places and sources around like, don't mess up, don't fuck up. You're going to mess up. You're going to get the same situation. That makes it really hard to hear your intuition. And and what I find is doing this work with previous versions of ourselves in these relationships, it's like, you're trying to find your phone, but it's under the laundry. And so like, it's dinging, but like, you can hardly hear it, but then you're just like slowly taking the laundry off like piece by piece. And then finally, like you can hear the phone dinging and it's clear as day. So that's really what mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. any of this inner work, I believe, is all in in um service of. Yeah. Um okay. Yeah. I'm talking a lot. What are your what's coming up for you? No, it's great. Um yeah, I definitely I really I really resonate with the idea of the inner big sister and wise woman, because I think I'm um, you know, I've got a big sister who I think is a good role model for me. So to kind of emulate that for myself, I think would be really good for the older versions. And when you were speaking there, the um, the interesting thing, thing that came up was about the other males within my family and how I feel around them and how I feel that they 
that they treat me. So I think I'd like to sort of next time I'm in that situation, just to reflect on that and see what comes mm-hmm. up for me in terms of those views and, and how I maybe think they translate to romantic relationships. Yeah, yeah. We won't have time to go on that today, but that's really interesting. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, with clients when I've done this, and of course it depends on what the specific situation is, but when we, when we do inner child work, we can just like kind of show up as like ourselves. And so typically like if you identify as a woman, you show up or you think of yourself more as like mothering the inner child. But when you do inner child work, you can also specifically channel like more of the inner mother or the inner father. And so mm-hmm. that could be helpful in terms of becoming more for, or more comfortable with uh, masculine energy. A lot of times mm-hmm. our familiarity with masculine energy is actually deranged masculine energy. It's not like the healthy masculine deranged masculine energy is like just aggressive behavior, obviously like any kind of abuse, any kind of like overpowering control, that's all going to be, you know, obviously like Mm -hmm. the, the deranged masculine masculine energy at its essence is a space holder. That's all it is. Feminine energy is actually a lot more versatile. You know, if you think of like, I always compare feminine energy to like water. Think of like a river. It can be thrashing. It can literally be deadly, or it can just be like a freaking little Creek that you can just like walk through in two seconds. No big deal. That can all be feminine energy. Whereas like masculine energy is this, is the thing that holds. So it's basically like the ditch that holds the river. And there's only so many ways to have a ditch. And so while feminine energy, when you're channeling that with inner child work can be more nurturing and mothering. And let me just hold you while you feel all your feelings. Um, Masculine energy while you're doing inner child work is more of like, okay, let me hold the space for you. Let's figure this out. Let's create a plan. Let's do this, this, and this. That's more of channeling the the inner father. And so that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, and I'm just listing things off. We don't have time to go into like what's going on specifically, but just another thing yeah. that I often give a client is if there was a male in your life, like a grandfather or an uncle or something that, you know, you just felt like completely loved by, you can channel their love in a meditation. And that can, again, help to feel a little bit more comfortable with masculine energy. And that will just take time because if masculine energy does feel scary or intimidating or not safe, um, Mm -hmm. it will take time to feel more and more comfortable with healthy masculine, be able to identify the unhealthy masculine and like basically do what you need to do (laughs) to get the unhealthy masculine out. Um, Because there's also like, if you had an experience with unhealthy masculine, especially over many years or a lot of time, then there's usually some sort of belief or pattern around like manipulating your own feminine energy to try to mitigate the mm-hmm. consequences or not the consequence, what's what I'm looking for. Just mitigate the actions. Impact. Yeah. Impact. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for of, of the masculine. So like that can look like you said, like um, being people pleasing. So mm-hmm. um mm-hmm in more feminine energy terms, I would just, I would phrase that as like trying to just like fill, you know, the space of whatever, like weird masculine shape the energy is, is taking on. So anyways, that's what I have to say about that. So what I would do is I would definitely do either channel the inner father when you're doing inner child work and, or channel 
if there was someone in your life, like a grandfather and uncle or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, that just really embodied a healthy masculine, I would channel that their love for you and just like bask yourself in their love and a meditation and do, I do, do that regularly. But so I do that, but then, um, I would Mm -hmm. really focus on connecting with the versions of yourself and these, and these relationships and really work on forgiveness and compassion. And again, it's not forgiving her for making mistakes. It's forgiving her for buying into misunderstanding that led to actions that maybe yes. you're not like the most proud of, or maybe the ones you don't want to repeat. Yeah. However you would phrase that. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's spot on. I think I really resonated with when you're talking about channeling the inner father, because I've noticed that, that, in particular, like even lower signs. I've done sign baths before and the lower signed I feel quite uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. So I think sitting with that energy and becoming comfortable with it. And also I suppose becoming comfortable with the fact that that's part of me as well. You know, we all have that feminine masculine energy and just I suppose just sitting with what that is in me. Yeah, as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Coming from mm-hmm. comfortable with your own masculine. Totally, totally. Yeah. All Feels right, my good. dear. How are you feeling? Thank you. Yeah, much better. I think I like fluffed it at the start because I was like, I don't know what I'm saying, but definitely got into it more. Good. No, so yeah. Good. That's great. Good. Well, thank you. I give you something so good. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you, and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Hannah, for coming on to the show. And by the way, if you are interested in being coached by me for free, I'm going to be putting together my coaching call podcast for quarter two of this year. So head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast and scroll to the bottom of the page. And there you will see a link 
and that link will take you to a Google form, fill out the Google form. And then when I'm scheduling these calls, I will reach out to you and get you onto my calendar. And if you are listening to this episode, not at all around the time that this episode was released, not to worry, you can still go to that link, still fill out the form. And whenever I am recording new episodes, I will reach out. So don't worry if you're not listening to this episode in a timely fashion at all. All right, so Hannah came on and she is struggling because while she's grown so much in other areas of her life, her love life still feels very much the same. Now, I had a lot of explanation in the coaching call, so I'm not going to repeat too much of that here. As always, I just want to point out the big things that I really want you to take away from this episode. Now, one thing that I really did appreciate about this call with Hannah is because one thing that I'll often do with clients, especially once we've kind of got inner child work not like down pat, but like it just feels more of like a flow and more of a natural thing to work with the inner child. I will actually have them work with other versions of themselves in a very similar way. So it's not necessarily like their five-year-old self, but it might be like their 35-year-old self who was in, you know, some sort of relationship that maybe they regret or have shame around or whatever. Because I think that it is so hard to date and to trust yourself and all the decisions that you have to make while dating. If you have this paralyzing fear around messing up or getting into the same situation again, like I said, imagine if I was sitting on your shoulder being like, don't mess up, don't mess up. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? You're gonna have a really hard time making decisions because like everything is just going to be like one step away from like a total shit show, or it's going to feel like that at least, you know what I mean? So in all your past relationships, no matter what happened in that past relationship or what you did or what you didn't do, you were doing the best you could because you were operating with the tools and the knowledge and the resources that you had at the time. And sometimes it's really hard to remember that you probably didn't know something that you now know. So cultivating a relationship with previous adult versions of yourself, I believe, is just as important as cultivating a strong inner child relationship. So we also ended the call with a brief conversation around becoming more comfortable with masculine energy. And I'm going to say masculine energy from people who have a lot of masculine energy, which are going to be mostly males, um, but also masculine energy within yourself, because no matter your gender or Uh, sexual orientation, we all have some blend of feminine masculine energy. Now, this could have been a call in of itself, because this is a huge, huge topic that, you know, I have lots to say and lots of things we can do to work with it. Um, I actually had someone on the show on this topic probably about a year ago or so. It's with Maureen, we'll put that link in the show notes, if you do want to learn a little bit more about feminine masculine, and especially about how it operates within you. But what I do want to say is that there's a lot of things when it comes to masculine energy. One is that we live in a world of deranged masculine, meaning like what we think of as masculine energy, you know, like aggression, control, you know, success at all costs. We think that that's masculine and it is masculine, but it's deranged masculine. You know what I mean? It's not the goal for anyone, at least in my opinion. That coupled with any personal experience around deranged masculine, so abuse or aggressive behavior from the males in your life, can make working with the masculine that much scarier. This includes the masculine within yourself, but then also, again, people who have masculine energy or more masculine energy, which is, again, largely going to be males. Now, please hear me. The solution to becoming more comfortable with masculine energy is to not, quote unquote, practice feeling safe with a male because not all males are safe or deserving of your trust. 
you have to start feeling comfortable with the masculine from within. Because what often will happen is like if I have a client who's like trying to like learn how to trust more, they want to be better at trusting. I get that. That's a good thing to be able to do in a relationship. An important thing I might add. But if you quote unquote practice trusting by just like, all right, I'm feeling like I don't want to trust this person or I'm feeling a little bit uneasy. This is my pattern. So I'm going to trust this person. Well, you're kind of doing that blindly. Maybe the person actually isn't deserving of your trust. It's kind of the same thing. Maybe that person isn't really safe and isn't deserving of you being in an intimate kind of relationship, not not necessarily physical, but emotional even because there's not that safety and there actually is some deranged masculine. So you practice feeling masculine energy from within yourself that can slowly grow to feeling it with other people and then being able to discern like, is this masculine healthy? Is it deranged? Is it something I can rely on? Is it safe to me or is it not safe to me? It has to start from within you. You can't do it just by practicing, you know, as you date because that can actually create more problems because if it backfires and there's a good chance it will, that'll set you back even further, making it even that much more difficult to feel comfortable with the masculine energy. And again, I talk more about how you can cultivate this within yourself in that episode with Maureen. So just make sure you go to the show notes of this episode. I don't remember the episode number off the top of my head, but it was a little over a year ago. So minus maybe 50 or 60 episodes. This is episode 299. So maybe around the 240s or so. Um, is that episode. So you can search for it there or just again, go to the show notes and you will be able to find that episode. All right. So this is the power of working with a coach. You know, a book can't see your blind spots. A book can't hold you accountable or a podcast can't hold you accountable. Um, And also sometimes with self-help, especially when we're doing it on our own, we just get really comfortable with like, okay, I'm going to wake up and do my journaling or I'm going to wake up and do my meditation. Obviously there's nothing wrong with that. But then like, if nothing's really changing, sometimes you do need that extra push or someone holding that container for you to actually do things differently so that your life actually changes. So if that's something that you're interested in doing this year, I think a great place to start is with my workshop, How to Do the Work, where I help you integrate a lot of the stuff that we're talking about on the show, integrate a lot of like the awareness that you have so that things actually change so that you can set boundaries so that you can ask for what you want so that you can attract something different in your life. And again, remember in that workshop, it's an open house as well which means I'm sharing the three main ways that you can work with me this year, plus the best deals of the year in terms of pricing and payment plans. So if you've been thinking about working with me, it's been on your wish list, or maybe you haven't even really considered it because you just assumed like you didn't have the money for it, you might be a surprise, especially with the Love Coach On Demand program. So just go to veronicagrant.com forward slash do the work. And there in that workshop, I will share with you the pillars I think you need to um, have in place in order to you know, make this shit real, as I like to say. And that's also where I'll share the three main ways that you can work with me this year and all the deals going on with that. Now, to be clear, I already hosted this workshop live, but you can still get the recording through the end of this month, February 2022. So just make sure you go to veronicagrant.com forward slash how to do the work to watch the replay. And just so you know, the replay is only available until the end of this month. We are in February 2022. So likely you will need to do that sooner rather than later. Remember, February is a short month, only 28 days. So that's only a few days out from when this episode is released. In addition, all of the, you know, extended payment plans, 
introductory pricing, all that kind of stuff with the three ways you can work with me also expire at the end of this month. So if it's something that you've been thinking about considering, definitely, you know, sign up for that workshop and get all of that information sooner rather than later so that you don't miss out. All right, my dear, that is all I've got for you. I've got a great coaching episode for you again next week. Remember, we were a little bit um, flip-flopped this month because of the book release. I wanted to have that episode with Gemma last week, but we'll be back on schedule next week with a brand new coaching episode, and I'll talk to you then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck, and your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 